podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 230, and I'm Trev Downey, podcasting to you from the Funk Ram here in a field in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined as ever by slogan fancier and Rafa acolyte Carl Kopak, angel delight scoffing scheduled prima donna Cam Branch, and in the background, enjoying a toasty, his world class knob twiddler Guy Drinkle. Now, just to start the show this week, I guess at this most critical and uh, most pressurized of junctures in the season, there really is only one thing that matters, and that's the result. And in a lot of ways, that's probably going to be a theme we return to quite a few times, I imagine, over the course of the show this evening. I know one or two of the chaps are particularly exercised about certain issues around all of that. And I wanted to start by sort of issuing a little bit of a uh, a rallying cry in my own um, way by basically stealing the words of somebody else. In this case, those of Alec Baldwin in my, one of my favorite movies of all time, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Hey. It was a little bit of a motivational speech uh, to uh, the lads who are slumping somewhat in their sales figures and uh, telling them, that basically at the bottom line, like I just said, the result is all that matters. It gets at one point in this just slightly, uh, slightly dubious if you're uh, listening with, um, little ones, uh, but it's only about 30 seconds or so. Um, now just before it, this is often referred to as the, uh, Alec Baldwin acronym speech, but pedant that I am, I can't let that go because what he refers to here are not actually acronyms but it's lucky we have a writer with us on the show tonight carl kopak who's going to tell well, me what abc and aida actually are i can do yeah abc is always be closing and aida is uh, attention interest desire and action that is or, correct that's or correct asked. but i am looking for the 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 grammatical the correct term they're not acronyms they are that's an acrostic, isn't it? Initialisms. Initial. Acrostic's uh, not one of those poems that spells out something, right? Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, so, as their initialisms, yes, yes. And then, readers or listeners, you, you will think that that's, that's quite petty of me. But when you find out what's about to happen with Cam, Cam Branch and his quiz and the ritual humiliation that's about to be foisted on me, then it's not that bad at all. I, I hate it when you do that, Trev. You go all sorts of coy about it and beforehand you were talking yourself up of I'm going to batter Kopak into dust <laughs> you said you, sorry hopefully the listeners can pick up on Cam's kick off and his laugh in the background there because quite the opposite was occurring let's just put it that the way Michael Fried, the Boris Johnson the Michael <laughs> Go, the David Davis the Liam Fox of all quotes there for you <laughs> anyway step back and listen to Mr Baldwin uh, motivating the troops. A, B, C. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. A, I, D, A. Attention, interest, decision, action. Attention. Do I have your attention? Interest. Are you interested? I know you are, because it's fuck or walk. You close or you hit the bricks. Decision. Have you made your decision for Christ? An action. A-I-D-A. Get out there. You got the prospects coming in. You think they came in to get out of the rain? A guy don't walk on the lot lest he wants to buy. They're sitting out there waiting to give you their money. Are you going to take it? Oh, powerful stuff. And that is my idea of how to start a podcast. Carl Kobach, how are you getting on this week? First of all, I, I have a fair idea of your bullish mood from the chat we had earlier on, but uh, I believe you have a couple of ideas that you wanted to start the show with. Well, firstly, I should say that's, that is a hell of a film if you haven't seen it. 
My God, that's a great film. Jack Lemmon alone is incredible in that film. Uh, it's all about the leads. It's all about the leads. Uh, okay, I've got two quotes. One from one of the greatest men in history and one from very much the opposite, talking about the same thing. Uh, and you will get them, by the way. First one is, when I was a kid growing up in the 1960s, music was an outlet of enlightenment, frustration, rebellion. It was more about individualism. Today, it's just like a big business. And that's Joey Ramone the lead singer of one of the greatest bands ever to walk the earth. And the second one, I'm not going to say that every record I put out is the greatest record in history, but I'd stand by even the bad ones. Don't make excuses, make hits. Pete Waterman. <laughs> what, was it was it my brass comment there earlier on that inspired that? I was thinking, folks, because when I do opening quotes, I do, I mean, I've done one about P.G. Woodhouse on The Wire, I've done I Claudius, I've done stuff I'm really into. And I've not yeah. mentioned the Ramones. Um, so I just thought I'd have a quick look and see what Joey was talking about. And uh, if anyone doesn't know the Ramones, obviously they weren't called Ramon at all. But um, it's a really strange band because so basically Joey, whose real name was Jeff, um, he had a girlfriend halfway through the, the, the Ramones' career. And Johnny, the ultra-right-wing lead guitar- uh, guitarist, um, basically stole it and married her, and they carried on in the same band together. It's really weird, and barely spoke. That is, uh, that's, that's, a, that's an unusual dynamic right there, but you yeah. must be, it must gall you a little bit to walk into, you know, I don't know how you, you pronounce it, Primark, Primark, whatever you call it, um, any of the big, uh, department stores and see Ramon's t-shirts for sale there having been 100% sort of, I don't know, overtaken as a kind of a, a gimmick to sell t-shirts because they were cool or someone cool once wore yeah. one. And by cool, I mean some twat on Instagram with a big following it's kind of depressing that isn't it it's it's happened with a lot of bands nirvana included the, the, the stones yeah as well the stones we know with the, with the lips logo um it's sometimes it's worth it though i don't, I don't know if um if anyone i might put it on the instagram actually if, if anyone remembers martin freeman tim from the office uh on soccer am talking to uh um tim Liv- lovejoy uh, who was wearing a Ramones t-shirt and, uh, and Martin Freeman saying, can you name two of their albums? Oh, that was great. Yeah. And that it's was... just, it's just a well. And in the end, he says, oh my God, my wife bought it for me. And like Martin Freeman's, oh, I mean, fair enough. Well, fair enough. That's, that's well, well played. But, but this look on his face, come on, name, name me two albums. Not even songs, albums. And one of them's called The Ramones, by the way. The Ramones' first album is called The Ramones. And he didn't get that. <laughs> Well, I have to say, uh, there always seems to be a bit of a right needle about Martin Freeman. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what he's like as a fella, but uh, oh, I love it. I, I do I like, it. I do like what he did to Tim Love, Lovejoy there. Um, yeah. Tim Lovejoy, formerly, formerly uh, a subject of of some derision on this podcast. Uh, uh, older and more loyal listeners will recall. Um, yeah, we'll return that's, to. That's some... Sorry, can I, can I just say by the way, I've been in a green room with Tim Lovejoy, and I'm just going to leave it there. Clang. Yeah, there's a cl- that's a clang and a half, and you honestly you can't really. And I'm gonna annoy you about that later on because I want to know what the story was. Unless okay. it's something, can you can you not tell us that on air? No, I can I can tell you about that. Okay. He's taller. He's taller than you think he is. Yeah, I'm like I, Liam Gallagher is much smaller than you think he is. Oh fucking hell! You're clanging left, right, and centre. Was he there too? Yeah. No, no, that was that was something else. Cy <laughs> <laughs> si Brundish said I'm taller than I thought he was. Cy Brundish said that you're taller than you <laughs> thought he than was. He, no, than he thought I would be. That's what oh. I meant to say. What height are you, Cam? What 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 are you what are you walking at? Um, five eleven. Five eleven. Hundred eighty centimeters for you, metric people. Five eleven, Carl. What height are you, man? Uh, about five nine. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm, not I'm all shoulders. Yeah, honest. I'm not much more than five. I'm, I'm, I, I, I assumed I was five ten all my life, and then I, me- I measured myself, and I'm not yeah, quite yeah. five ten. It's like guys, guys, guys are midget. Guys are midget. Well, that's you, you can't say that. It's just told what it's, it's just told the world what his what his, what his height was or what he'd yeah. like it to be. Well, he didn't tell the world. He told us in our chat. Yeah. Box, didn't he? yeah. Guy six foot two. He said. Yeah. 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 Tiny. So, so I think uh, I think he's got us all beat, you know. Basically, that's what I'm saying. Cam, talk to me about your, uh, your 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 well-being, your general state of well-being, and and what are your opening ideas for the show? Um, I'm very good, thanks, Trev. Uh, I I I enjoyed the game immensely on Sunday. I had the pleasure of being there. Um, thanks to Mister 
thanks to Mr. Tandon. So, uh, it was, yeah, it was a fascinating game. Uh, edge of the seats, as you can imagine. So, yeah. But very good, thanks. Um, yeah, uh, good to be on again. So, uh, you ready for your uh, little general knowledge? I mean, we could do it uh, multiple choice, or you can just try and guess the answer. The choice is yours. Let's 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 give me some sort of a chance by giving multiple choice because we know in the background we've got um, our maid here, um, Quizmaster Supreme, uh, <laughs> and quite frankly, the last time we did one of these, it was a whitewash, uh, yeah. and I'm fully expecting it to be the same. But at least it was general knowledge of a chance. So, well, all right, if it's uh, multiple choice, knowledge, but, but there is but, a couple of little ones in there. But if it's multiple choice, I'm saying I have a chance. So, right, let's try that. Right, if, so, if this was the history of Dublin. Then I'm going to be annoyed. <laughs> I don't know shit about Dublin. I'm a mead man. Go for it. Okay. When John Walk signed for Liverpool in 1984... Whose question his... is this, by the way? Whose question is this? It's both of you. It's both of you. But how can you do multiple choice if it's both of us? All right, then. Do you want... How many... <laughs> no, but a bit, a bit between us, we'll come out with the answer so no one loses. Ah, come on. You might as well have reached all the way across the Irish Sea and <laughs> I, I patted me on the head there and said, Bless don't you. worry, lad. I've got you, lad. No, thanks. No, no, no. We'll just do one each, one each, one each. Oh, go on then. Until, okay. so, until someone gets to three. Go for it. All right, then. All right. I'll, I'll give I'll give this one to you then, Trev, all right? Go for it. Okay. When John Walk signed for Liverpool in 1984... I bet, I bet John Walk. Come on. Jesus Christ. Uh, what did his medical consist of? Running at once around Stanley Park, touching his toes, giving Kenny, Kenny Dalglish a piggyback around Anfield, or running the London Marathon? I've interviewed John Walk for the interview. Oh, yes, you did. And he told me the answer to this. <laughs> yeah, I know this as well. <laughs> And I think I've got it right, but if I get this wrong, I'm just going to have to leave. <laughs> I think it was touching his toes. Okay, what do you think it is, Carl? It is touching his toes. It is touching his toes. Whoa. Well done, Jesus. Well done. Right, right. Let's go. Carl's up. Right. Carl, Carl, question for you. What was Manchester City's first ever kit sponsor in 1982? First ever? First they ever. Had they had brother, the typewriting company. You've got, you, um, he's, he's given the options. He's given the options. Oh, gone. Okay. Yeah. So the first option was, funnily enough, brother. <laughs> <laughs> option number two is Phillips. Option number three is Saab, who make planes and used to make cars. And option number four is the Manchester Evening News. I don't think they were I think I will stick with brother. Can I, can I, can I just register? I think, I know there was brother for ages. Um, I think their first one might have been Phillips, but that's just my guess. And I have, this is Carl's question. I, so. I thought Phillips was slightly after, but okay. Unfortunately, you're both wrong. What? It, it was a sob. Okay. As long as it wasn't Stu Brennan, that's the main thing. Holy shit. Holy shit. I'm one up. I'm one up. Go for it. You're go one on. up. One up. Uh, uh, next question, funny enough, is another Liverpool question. Um, oh, I okay. see. Fine. Honestly, it's not Brexit. You're, you're all right. We're all right. Okay. On the 14th of May, 1988, Liverpool got to number three in the music charts with the Anfield rap. Which True. comment... Which commentator appeared on the record? Was it Brian Moore? Is that your answer? It is. You don't want the options? Uh, yeah, I want to win this, so yeah, give me the options. <laughs> okay, now. <laughs> okay, you sure? You don't want to stick with your answer? No, just go, give, give, give me the options. Okay. John Watson. Uh-huh. Brian Moore. Clive Tilsley. Or Alan Green. It's Brian Moore. They've won the league. They're bigger stars than Dallas. I know it all off by heart. It's Brian Moore. They've won more, they've won more silver Brian than Buffingham Moore. Palace. No one knows Moore. what quite to expect when Steve... The red machine is in full effect. Full effect. I would say, though, I always thought that that was a impression of Brian Moore. Did you? Yeah, I always thought that. 
I think he was the absolute was he uh, of commentators. I, I, lo- I loved I loved Brian Moore. I used to love listening to him. Uh, I just like the way he always went, whoa, it's in there. Yeah. Okay. Steve Bruce was always referred to as that old war horse. Every you... single time. Just, ah, the old war horse, Steve Bruce now coming forward. Are you used to say, nah, now? Like that. He did, he had a lovely, he had a lovely sort of, uh, late British imperial, uh, sort of, uh, yeah. to him. But anyway, Carl's question next, uh, Cam. Is it about Liverpool? Do I get one of those or? Unfortunately <laughs> not. Unfortunately oh. not. Um, but you might get this one. You might this get is this. really backfired on me, this, isn't it? let me down listen i gave you a choice as who wanted to go first and you you let did first you? go so yeah 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 i did i did go back and listen i'm playing that back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may be lying but there you go yeah. um, <laughs> i'm happy first. with that you are okay <laughs> come on this mm. one gets double points yeah <laughs> go. God, actually yeah this one does because it's two parts calm there's calm. two there's Stop two answers it. there. It's fair. Yeah. It's fair. There's two answers. There's two it's answers. not fair. It's not it is. fair. It is. No, no. Wait, wait, so listen. Which two clubs wore their away kits in the same FA Cup final in the 80s? Yeah, it's one point. It'll be one point. You want the choices, Carlo? I'm guessing, yeah? No, I don't. <laughs> God, I've got to get this right, haven't I? Yeah. yeah. Say Tottenham QPR. Correct. Thank you wow. very much. How the hell did you get that? I'm, I'm not a FA Cup finals. It's frightening, believe me. <laughs> That's amazing. And the year was? 82, that would have been. It was the Ricky Villa one, wasn't it? No. And Ricky Villa was Man City. Yeah, it was 81. Yeah. Tottenham won it again the next year after a replay against QPR, who wore red and black. And, and Spurs won uh, yellow. I'm just... So impressed with that. So impressed. Okay, Trout. Jesus but, Christ. I didn't get any praise for my fucking good answers, did I? Oh, no. Oh, Carl, you got one right. Jesus. This is what, you mean your Liverpool questions? What a stitch-up <laughs> this is. What a, are you, anyway, go ahead. All right. One more question each, all right? Yeah, but one if I get question. this, I've won. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Name the crowd from Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What was the attendance on Sunday? No. Uh, right. For which British team did Diego Maradona appear in the 1986 in a testimonial match? Do you want the options? Oh, I have a feeling it was Spurs because something happened like that. Uh, but I, go, go ahead and give me the options. Okay. You got Celtic, mm. Liverpool, mm. Newcastle United, yeah. or Tottenham Hospital. So my initial feeling, yeah, I'm going to go with Spurs. You're correct. I I will do Carl the honour of getting it to three two by listening to this question. Smugly as figure. <laughs> the one really... man that the one that was in two parts and didn't need the options for. Yeah, go on, go on, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> this one is very. I think Man, it's very Manchester City question. sponsors indeed. <laughs> yeah, because I'm dead over commercialism in the game. I love that. <laughs> Uh, honestly, it wasn't fixed. Um, what was the name of the cup competition organised by the Football League to compensate for the six English teams who qualified for Europe in the 1985-1986 season when English clubs were banned from Europe? Oh, the Screen Sports Super Cup. Uh, this man's too good. Honestly, yeah, it's a bit. It, it, Seriously, you won! Don't don't don't! You're, yeah. you're, you're actually you're, you're actually winding me right up now. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was at the final. <laughs> I was sitting next to Ricky Villa, and I said, yeah. <laughs> "Kenny, I said, you said, Kenny." I, said, <laughs> I was sitting next to that. Uh, <laughs> Stop. Oh, I've got tears coming down. Oh, no, the, the reason the reason that people remember that is because we played the final against Norwich, I think it was, um, and it was days after the, the, we won the double at Wembley. Um, so no one had gone to any of those rounds whatsoever, apart from we played Everton twice. Um, and no, so if people went to those games, but no, no one went to any other games. No one was interested at all. And then everyone realised, because this, this was a pay-on-the-gate event, 
and then everyone realised that the first team would be playing and, you know, you could just go in and just go and see, you know, the lads walk around with the trophies. So everyone went to the final against Norwich. And I think Kenny played, actually. 85, 86, you sh- you'd imagine he would have. Well, Paul Walsh was out. So I, d- I don't know if he played or not, because I think he might, he might have just stuck Paul Walsh in. Not Paul Walsh. John Walker up front or, or someone like that. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I was at that game. And the reason I remember it is because Norwich actually took something like 26 fans in the end, any road end. Which is quite funny. Ah, oh, bless him. Bless him. Norwich, what, what, when was Norwich's really good spell? Was it like the really, was it the early 90s? Remember, Ni- they had 93, 94 when they like, uh, they like ruled and they had, um, Jeremy Goss, yeah. Jeremy Goss, and there was some, Jeremy Goss, he scored some, the goal, didn't he? Some Robert something or other dude. Oh, God. Robert Fleck. Fleck. Robert Fleck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they were solid enough outfit then. It was right at the start of the Premier League, really, wasn't it? Golden Jewelry, yeah. Did Gordon do a stint with uh, Norwich? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was at Norwich for a bit, yeah. Ah. Chelsea he was before that, right? For a good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're going down memory lane and we've probably lost the majority of our listeners who are considerably younger than us. So let's get back to the football. And look, there's a lot of stuff arising out of uh, the weekend's game. But, you know, the, you, you'll have picked up from what I was trying to do at the start there that for me, the only thing that actually matters a damn is that we got the win. I think both of you are pretty much of the same mind. There are things that we can't avoid talking about. I'm sure you'll want to talk about, but can we just focus on a couple of the good things first? For example, um, I've seen nothing but um, very much boiling uh, urine left, right and centre across all social media. A couple of people who I kind of thought better of, maybe with the affiliations to different clubs and um, putting out some um, comments and even articles that are just patently clickbait and sort of uh, uh, look what was us kind of stuff. There's a huge amount of crying going on over a Man City way about corruption in the FA and stuff like that. I don't know if you fellas saw any of this, but it's it's quite remarkable. I mean, it was being referred to the result as scandalous. That poor lad who celebrated with a, an official Premier League badge on his jacket and then it was some woman came on and said that's my husband we've just had a kid and he's celebrating that and someone else said that's bullshit and basically there's all sorts of conspiracy theories it's quite remarkable how rattled City are and City's fans were in the aftermath of it um the funniest thing I did see, credit where it's due, despite all the um, capacity for bitterness that they have, and some of them are actually, frankly, mental. But I did see one Everton fan had posted a picture of Neil Warnock, more of whom later, standing there staring at the three officials the way he did at the weekend, <laughs> right? And he had written, over Neil Warnock, he had, he had uh, just uh, written in the, the, the caption, me. And over each of the three officials, he had written... Um, uh, Loris, uh, Pickford, and what was the Fulham lad? Rico. Rico. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know what? That's good. I like that. You know, just uh, the absolute disdain that people have had, like talking about last minute winners. I've seen quite a few of our own lot, Carl. Um, quite a few today, in fact. Not that long ago, in fact, talking about, you know, look how lucky we are and how we're really sort of seat of the pants in it. And, you know, it's all going to fall apart sort of vibe. I cannot relate to this, my friend. Where where do you stand on it? Well, I've got 79 points to make about that. I thought you might. 79 points. We're top of the fucking league. 79 points. And do you know what? You don't win every game 3-0. Sometimes you spawn the odd game. And I've I've done a piece about this, um, shall we say, elsewhere today, uh, and uh, about the idea of luck. And let's not kid ourselves. We were lucky on Sunday. I thought Spurs were brilliant. And no one's saying that. I thought Spurs were absolutely fantastic in that second half. Um, and people slagging off our midfield. I just thought their midfield was better. And I just thought that's what it was. I thought Ericsson was fantastic. I like I love Son. I thought that's the best game I've seen Deli Ali play at Anfield. And... Um, I thought they were absolutely brilliant. And we spawned it. We we just got really, really lucky. I'm not taking luck with any of the other games in in you know, and obviously um Talk Sport had one of those knobhead polls yesterday, you know, which was our luckiest moment. Are we lucky in the derby? Yeah, we are, but we make our own luck. 
Um, Alison Becker runs the whole length of the half to touch the ball forward to Trent so he can get it into the box. And, you know, what happens after that is mad, of course it is. But we did something. We did a little thing to improve our chances. Against Fulham, um, we, they score a lucky goal. That's what it is. It's a lucky goal, but you live with it. Liverpool did not sit down and take the draw. They fought and fought and fought because we knew they were mentally weak and they gave us the penalty. And it took a man with balls of steel to score that penalty. There is luck, but sometimes you've got to force that luck. Sometimes you've got to force it and say, we're going to keep going at you and at you and at you. And, you know, we will get the, uh, we'll get the victory. And if Tottenham fans want to talk about being unlucky, how about last season when they, a referee didn't see the decision and said on a microphone, I didn't see it, but I'm giving the penalty anyway. Do you want to talk about luck then? That I'm particular. That particular one has to come around full circle because that was such an atrocity in that it basically ruled out the greatest goal that we'd seen at Anfield that season yeah. in, in Mo Salah's goal. It should have been a winner. It was one of the moments where you just went, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Nothing's going for it. Jesus Christ. And thankfully, those moments have been kept to a minimum. And as you say, it's 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 an old saw that you create your own look, but it's there for a reason because it's about attitude. It's an attitudinal thing. You keep going till the end. People always said the Manchester United side, much as it, well, I want it to spit to one side every time I say it. I'm like, I'll never be at ease with how much uh, time lots of our fans have and refer to Ferguson as Sir Alex. Jesus Christ, that winds me right up. So I'm not giving them excessive praise here. But when Good. they were when they were winning everything, the reason they were winning everything and getting late minute, uh, last minute winners was an attitudinal thing. They were saying, we're coming for you and we're going to keep coming for you. And the Reds do that now, Carl. The I'm Reds never to- stop doing that. Well, I referenced this today, actually, about the 1999 game in the FA Cup when we led at Old Trafford with three minutes to go, got an equaliser with two minutes to go and won it in injury time. And the reason they did that is because they spelt blood and spelt weakness and went for it. That's not luck. That's just, we're better than you and we're going to do everything we can and we're going to force the issue and we're going to try and get this over the line. And they do, because sometimes if you do that, it does. I've seen Liverpool sides over the years. Um, I remember it at nil-nil at Anfield where we were losing a cup tie in Europe where in injury time, Skirtle and Agger just passed the ball to each other. I'm thinking, what what are you doing to force the issue there, lads? All you're doing is making sure you don't concede another goal. And, you know, and, and we, I think we were 2-0 down in the tie at the time. But, but then to come back to Apple, I think it was then at St. Petersburg. And I, I just, I, I want those days gone. And it's, it's, it's not luck because we're thinking, OK, I, every time a team scores at Anfield, I always think the same thing. I want them published, punished for the temerity, for having the temerity to come and score at my ground. And you're going to get it now for that. Because that's what you do when you win leagues. That's when you win trophies. It's, it's an attitude look. And can we, can we talk a little bit about the actual own goal itself, Cam? Because there's so much to enjoy in it. I mean, I, I enjoy the fact that Mo Salah is kind of Johnny on the spot when we needed him to be. A lot of people, immediately after the game, our fans started saying how it was a poor technical header. And you just, I just despair. They have no joy in their souls. The guy ran like a lunatic for the last several games trying to do things. The worst you could accuse him of is being a little bit uh, selfish and grabbing at a few things. But he's constantly putting himself in the way of stuff, constantly terrorizing defenses. I can't. And I, I saw someone where he, where he defended himself afterwards in an interview, um, saying, look, some people are, have scored 20 goals and they're having the season of their lives, apparently, but I'm, I'm, I'm a failure. Don't get it. And I love that a bit of indignance in Mo, and I've seen that described by a Liverpool fan today as reeking of desperation. A man who's out of form, bang out of form. And it's not to bag on individuals, and I never pick out an individual. That's a that's a group mentality thing. That's a that's a group of fans who don't want to win. They're the opposite of what Carl's talking about. They're just waiting for the time where it all goes to shit, so they can kind of relax into themselves because that's what they're happy with. I'm not. I'm not happy with that. I want to revel in the delight of that own goal. That own goal, the way uh, Loris coughed it up, the way Toby Alderweireld seemed to do a little sort of a momentary uh, river dance jig where his foot seemed to get caught rather than go to the ball, which would have cleared it quite easily. It got stuck. It got, yeah, it got stuck in the turf and he couldn't manage to do anything. He just kind of collapses into himself. 
Calm there are the things that I want to revel in. Absolutely. I mean, did we not all celebrate when the ball went in the back of the net? Did we not all go mental when the ball went in the back of the net? It, it, it was mayhem in the ground. It was absolute mayhem. We savoured it. We loved it. We couldn't get enough of it. At the end of the day, we won the game, like Carl said. We're on 79 points. You know, there, there's a reason we're on 79 points. It's not just luck that we're on 79 points. It's because we're playing bloody good football. You've got to be good. You know, it's we're playing a once in a blue moon Man City side, you know, and if we get some luck, good. Because over the last few seasons, how many times should we have had a penalty that wasn't given? How many times could we have had goals, you know, that were not given or goals against us that were given that shouldn't have been given? So if we're getting our luck in this season when we need it, and those those three games, uh, you know, that six points uh, that we've gained uh, against Tottenham, Fulham, and Everton, if it if it's luck, it's luck. But at the end of the day, when you come back to the end of the season and you go for every single result, not one of them will say luck, 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 luck next to them. Or just say two one. 1-0, 3-0, whatever the score line was. doesn't say look anywhere. doesn't say, oh, because of this, we, they got those points. Well, exactly. Does does the Champions League result um, from last season in May, does that say uh, unlucky uh, Salah uh, deliberately injured by an opposition uh, defender, the best player of our team had to leave? Does it say that our keeper uh, got a bang in the head and lost his bearings and was awful um, as a result? No, I'm, one, I'm one just, of the best goals I've ever seen. And what, plus one of the best goals. None of those yeah. things are mentioned. As you said, yeah, it's just the, the 99 Cup final. Or does it say uh, the Bayern Munich player did an overhead kick that hit the bar when it was 1-0 to them? No. Yeah. But here's the thing. I sat down very recently with my brother and we talked through recent Liverpool seasons. It was probably in the wake of that um, Champions League final defeat when we were able to talk about it a few weeks after. And we were just itemising over previous seasons. And we, and we got back maybe... 10, 15 years. And it's a thing I wrote about so many times that the club did not seem to have any luck. It was almost as if there was a sort of a, a hoodoo on the club when it came to any luck ever, when it mattered. When it was a, a key moment of a season, someone would go out injured. When it was a key moment of a match, something awful would happen. And it seemed to be hounding us even into last season, but there was something irrepressible about this group under Jurgen that was sort of defeating it one little thing at a time. And we've continued to do that this season. And it goes back full circle to what Carl was saying, I think. It's that mentality, it's that attitudinal thing. I mean, even just... and. You tell me what you think about this, Cam, before I go back to Carl for another question. You were in the ground, Carl was in the ground. God bless you. I'm, I'm so envious of the two of you to get a chance to Freezing do that. Freezing on it, Cam. Freezing in that ground. Was it? Oh, yeah. Jeez, yeah, I've never yeah, been yeah. that cold in my life. Did, did, yeah. either, did either of you notice in the immediate I was aftermath... I in my shirt. In the immediate aftermath of the goal, did either of you notice the big man running into the back of the net, taking the ball, carrying it right over to where everyone was celebrating and booting it straight out of the, out of the ground. Literally yeah, cleared the main that's... stand. I, like, Literally I, I, cleared I, the main stand. That's amazing. I was, I, I was too busy uh, trying to pick up the pieces of my, my, my trachea from the ground uh, to, to even notice that at the time because the, 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 the feral roar that came out of me was something unbelievable. But watching that back... That's exactly the type of thing I'm talking about, right there. Just that, that, that's, the, the Tottenham lads didn't even argue with him. They didn't even try to grab the ball off him and get an equalizer. They just let him take it, let him wander over. No one tried to put a hand in and he blasted out of the ground. Fuck you. That's it. This is our game. Now granted, we did a fair attempt. We made a fair attempt at trying to cough up a bit of possession, uh, late into that game as we do, uh, inviting them yeah. on. Uh, and that I would imagine for the two of you in the ground, I know a couple of people. Uh, have told me that they were at the game and pretty much their arses went after the goal. That that was the roughest time. Oh, and... that, that that injury that went on for about four hours. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I, I was looking. It, it said, uh, my brother-in-law said to me, three minutes. And I thought he meant three minutes and it came up as four. So I looked at my watch and it said 18, 15. I thought 18, 19 was safe. We're done. We're out of this. 
And then at 18-19, the lads were still on the ground 10 seconds after the injury started. So we ended up getting seven minutes, not four. So come the end, I had no idea what was going on time-wise. Yeah, and and, and even even coughing up that free kick, and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, fair play. We, we, we saw it out, and, and, and that's, that's, literally, that's literally all you can take about it. I, I, I want to talk about one, one more element of the game each that you want to talk about. Cam, I'm going to come back to you. I know you wanted to talk about the midfield. Carl, was there anything else you wanted to speak about, any aspect of the game that you wanted to focus in on particularly? I know, like you say, you flagged up your your article that you've written during the week there um, for the Anfield Wrap, wasn't it? About the yeah. concept of luck. Um, yeah. People should go and check that out. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about just before we, we go back to Cam to talk about the midfield? No, I want to talk about Andrew Robinson because Andy Robinson played a ball on Sunday and I think that's going to be forgotten because of what happened in the last minute. But I was in, I was in the main stand. I was right overlooking our friends in the away end. And um, I was passing comments to them with great respect and a great love for their club and the traditions they have. And um, <laughs> so I was right next to Andy Robertson when he when he put the ball in for Firmino's goal. And everyone near me celebrated before Firmino jumped up. That was how good that ball was. Yeah. It was just a goal. You know, when, when you get those moments, we had it when Suzoka went forward. In fact, when they scored, actually, where you just think, there's a nanosecond before the goal arrives and you just think, that's a goal. There's nothing we can do about it. That's it. And you've just got to wait for them to go off and, you know, and get back to the centre circle. But you know, the next two minutes are going to be horrible. And it was, it was like that in reverse when, when, uh, Robinson put that ball in, because that was sensational. And he gets loads of applause. It's Andy Robinson just being a great lad and, um, and everything. But Jesus, what a player that man is. I think there's a lot of condescension towards Andy Robertson in terms of, uh, when it comes Cause to, because he's, he's cheap and Scottish. Yeah, because a hundred percent because of those reasons. People talk about, and they, you know, I've, I've, I've heard, uh, all you gotta do is talk to some of the numbers merchants and they'll, they'll set you wide if you really want that kind of backup. But I prefer myself the, uh, the, uh, old fashioned approach of watching the game and seeing the kid play and he can do the lot. He's not just an energy machine. He's got so much more to him. And as you say, the shape on that cross was incredible. And yes, he did have a period where his crossing was not what it had been, but that's just a period in the season. People have those. And uh, he was right back, bang at it, as was Trent, to be fair, I thought. And when you have a man like Alison Becker, who can have a few sketchy moments like he did in the game yeah. and still pull off a world-class save from Harry Kane, you know that goes in past most keepers. Yeah. Um. Then we're, we're doing all right. And, you know, before I go back to camp to talk about the midfield, the only thing I'd like to highlight, and it, it can't be celebrated enough. And again, it's a divisive thing in our own fans. Lads not wanting to give credit where it's due for reasons I will never understand. But the moment I'm talking about is when Virgil van Dijk defended against Spurs on his own. And the intelligence that was on display there, the technique, the nous that was on display there. I've heard, I saw one uh, Manchester City scribe who shall remain nameless saying, do you think if Laporte did that, they'd be making such a fuss about it? I guess so, yeah, because it's a wonderful piece of defending. Uh, it's, you know, I, I just don't understand the need for this. It's Poor old Steve. It's, 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 yeah, I know. He's, and I he's, did, he's a mate of mine. I, like I, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to name check Steve. So I'm fond of Steve as well. And we talk, we talk a lot on Twitter and he's a good lad, but he, he can't help himself having, having the uh, Scorpio little digs at Liverpool. And I'm sure there are the equivalents. There are no doubt many, many equivalents in the Liverpool writing community. You probably wind him right up as well, but I prefer not to engage in that type of stuff myself. Um, but the Virgil van Dyke moment needs to be celebrated for what it was because there's such a, a degree of, of of awareness going on there and i don't know if anyone really enjoys that the last little moment of it because that to me is the clincher it's all right saying okay i know i don't want to i'm gonna try to i'm gonna make sure i block off the pass to sun because sun's gonna finish it it's all right saying i'm gonna try to keep your man on his weaker foot um there's only so much you can do there if he could inside could he have done that not really but you know, credit where it's due. He's showing him on his onto his left foot. Then our man makes a bit of a bollocks of the shot. Sissoko, fine. So maybe Virgil gets a bit of luck there or whatever. I've heard that said, but I don't think he gets even a slight second of luck because if you look at what happens, it's not just that he almost gets to the ball. He waits. He waits. He waits. And when your man is drawing his foot back, then he lunges. 
And that's skill, that's knowledge, that's timing. Yeah. That's, that's our man. That's Virgil van Dijk. It's experience. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just a class act. Cam, I have a feeling you're going to tell me, uh, that you got, uh, you had a, a little bit of a grump on when you saw the team, uh, that went out. And I think you'd be, um, joined by the vast majority, to be fair. Um, is that what you're going to talk about when you, when you said you wanted to chat about the midfield? Um, I actually did not have a grump on. Um, uh, because ultimately that midfield has done reasonably well in the home games. So I wasn't overly concerned, um, at the start of the game. And for the first 30, 35 minutes, the midfield was functioning reasonably well. We, you know, first 25, 30 minutes, we, we played some really, really good football. Um, I kept saying to Gags, we just need to get that second goal. We just need that second goal because, you know, Tottenham will get a chance to score. Uh, so 1-0 is not enough. So, um, up until that point, we were doing, we were doing, we were doing really well. Sorry, just in what Guy's written. So, um, he disagrees with me completely, but that's fair enough. Um, so, um, I, I thought the turning point, I mean, obviously it's all about, you know, in everybody's mind, the one thing they want to want to hear me talk about is Jordan Henderson. So I'll keep it really quick about Jordan Henderson. In about the 40th minute, around that sort of time, he did a forward pass, and and he's criticised for not doing forward passes. So he does a forward pass, and it didn't go to our player. It went to the Tottenham player, and for the next two three minutes, Tottenham was suddenly on the ascendancy. They were really pushing at us at the end of that first half, and it all came from a Jordan Henderson forward pass. So this is probably why Jordan Henderson plays the possession game and keeps the ball. Because that pass then put us under pressure. But that was towards the end of the first half. At the beginning of the second half, Tottenham have changed it up. They've changed the formation. And their midfield took control. And like um, Carl was saying, uh, I thought Christian Eriksen was phenomenal. He was just finding space everywhere. And nobody from our midfield was picking him up, whether that be Ginny if he was over on that side, whether that be Milner if he was over that side, or whether he was in the middle and it was Henderson. They just couldn't cope with him. And then because of that, they didn't know what to do with him. That was given to Soko all the time in the world to do his mega slow half turn and get away. The midfield lost control. And Tottenham, at the point when they scored that goal, when they got their equaliser, they were having in about 70% possession against us, if, I, if I've seen the stats correctly. That's a team dominating us at home, and they got their just reward. However it happened, they got their just reward. It wasn't just because of Jordan Henderson. The whole midfield stopped fun- functioning the way it should have. And I was calling, I was saying to Gags after about 10 minutes, we need Fabinho on here. He, 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 he will do. He's good at what he does. He's a better number six than Jordan Henderson. You know, we need him there, whether you take Milner off or you take Henderson off and move Hendo into uh, the number eight role. Just do it. We need Fabinho on. And I thought Klopp was really, really slow in making that change. And then once Fabinho came on, we then began to get a bit more control. You know, his first touch of the ball was an incisive winning little toe poke and just got the ball in. It got our players away. And first two, first two, first two touches were forward passes, which found yeah, someone. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the difference with him. He's a better number. He's the best number six we have. We are playing the third best team in the league. Why wasn't he playing? You see, this is- if, if Fabinho could have played, if, if, a, sorry, Firmino was, could play after playing for Brazil and traveling and Alisson could play after traveling. I don't know if he played or not. Why couldn't Fabinho? It, it, it just baffled me. Now, nothing's come out. We're not, we're not going to know why. And, it, and it's all good now because we won the game. We've got 79 points. We're sitting at the top of the league right now. And it's a magical place to be. But that's what frustrated me. It, you know, the midfield lost control and, and Klopp was too slow yeah. to react. I- I, I'd say something about it. He tried to make changes from the side. You know, he was giving Henderson instructions and he was telling Ginny to do whatever. 
I, I, I go, I go, I go on further, Cam. I'd say that the the midfield never really did have control. I think Spurs pretty much bossed that for most of the game, and there was that spell. And you're right. After the goal went in, we had a couple of great chances, and the tails were up, and that's when the second goal should have been scored. And then they fold like an armchair or deck chair, rather. There's no two ways about it. They do, um, but we didn't do that. We didn't get that second goal that you chatted about. But soon after that, then it was pretty much them, and I think they dominated towards the end of the set of the first half, and pretty much most of the second half was was about them yeah we carved out a few opportunities but nowhere near of the quality that we normally would and yeah. see that, that that that's it carl isn't it like cam's right it's not really about uh we shouldn't be bagging on individuals it's not about that it's about look here's a lad who's clearly our best midfielder maybe there's a reason like there was with shakiri why he couldn't play um you know klopp admitted that that you know shakiri just was no no state to play but he was being named in the in the in the squad because yeah he's got a groin problem isn't he yeah, because we've got nobody else, basically. Yeah. Klopp pretty much admitted it. It's a psychological tale and just have him in there. Um, you know, and, 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 and maybe there was a little issue like that with Fabinho, but Christ, I really hope, as Cam says, that he will start him. And it's not because he's, um, it's not, I'm not playing favorites here. I'm just, he's objectively our best midfielder, especially. Oh, yes, absolutely. Ginny, you know, um, what was your take on that whole situation? I thought if he's not playing, there's a reason for it and I'm happy with that. To be honest, because um, he's the manager and we've got seventy nine points. But yeah. Honestly, I mean that—that's the way I saw it. Honestly, he's not playing. I was surprised he wasn't playing, and I thought, well, okay, um, there's got to be a reason for it. Maybe he can only do half an hour. Maybe the plan is to bring him on. Um, maybe it's just to see how these lads get on in the field. But but to be honest, pound for pound, I think their midfield is better than ours anyway. I just do, because um, their midfield is incredibly good. Um, it's just like we're better in other areas. And that's why we tend to beat them these days. But, um, so I think we're always going to be onto, onto a losing there with, with our midfield. Even if Bino came on, they were, their midfield was still better than ours. Um, there's an, there's an argument to be said or to, to be had that Fabinho just influenced the play in terms of being a creative force uh, that we didn't have any more control than we had uh, in the midfield. It's very arguable that's the case, you know, um, because <laughs> like I mean it was pretty chaotic there at times. Um, in that period of the game towards the end, it was very chaotic and they had a lot of space and they could have done more damage than they did. So it's, it, it is that thing that we sort of have to, I think people have to lean into that and just say, look, the manager probably knows what he's doing. What do you think? Uh, and, and give him the benefit of the doubt because you can, you can look a right mug. Like I felt I did, uh, in the wake of, of, of a couple of post-match roles in a row where I was saying, why is Shakiri not coming on? And it turns out that he's no, no state to come on, actually. So, you know, there's, like you say, it's likely, likely there's a very solid reason. Yeah. And it's, it's not necessarily the, the manager's job to tell you that because he wants, no. he wants to give things down. But you can see, you can see his policy there when it comes yeah. to, to the Shakiri thing. He didn't want to tell anyone. He's just not going to tell you. Yeah. Unfair play. Yeah. Why should he? Why should and, he? Exactly. Uh, and if, if Shakiri, says Shakiri had to come on, uh, and Pochettino said, I think, well, I know he's injured, so we'll just run him. He's got a groin problem, and he won't be able to sprint. Fine, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just sit off him. And that way he can't hurt us. Yeah. But if he doesn't know that, and he thinks that's a fully fit, um, Jed and Shakiri, we're going to have to do something different here. With, with, uh, and I'm just, I'm keeping an eye on the clock here, because we've got roughly 10 minutes or so. Um, and I just want to give a quick f- look forward to, um, to weird Friday night games. I think all our games that remain are now Friday nights and Sunday. We're Friday, we're Friday, Sunday now, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is an odd one, but it's an odd type, uh, time of the season. And we've got the, the, um, home leg against Porto on the Tuesday straight after it. It's, um, it's, it's an intense little period. Um, uh, that's like the fifth, um, uh, is Friday. Then the ninth is the game against Porto. And, um, before you know it, then it's, uh, the, another five days and we're on the Sunday against Chelsea and then the Wednesday against Porto. Yeah. Uh, and back on the Sunday against Cardiff. Um, that is quite a run. And how are you feeling about the Friday evening game now? Um, that's coming up. This will be out hopefully so people have a little bit of a, a chance to absorb your, your take on, um, Ralph Hassel, 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 Hooten, Hooten, Hassel. I can't remember how you, how you say it. David Hasselhoff, the new Southampton manager. <laughs> the new, the new, yes, yes, David Hasselhoff. And you can be Pamela, can't you, Carl? 
I'm happy to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. And it is, and was Pamela in Knight Rider? Baywatch. No, Baywatch. Oh, who who was the assistant? Oh. Who was the beautiful beautiful uh, tech uh, uh, lady on the on the big uh, truck in Knight Rider? Kit was the name of the car. Kit was the car. The guy's given is the name of the car. And I know, I know Devin was the old English dude who was running the show. Um, I never watched it, I've got to say. Did you not? No. No, same time as Doctor Who. Any of those daft super vehicle shows, I watched them all. Blue Thunder, Stingray, I watched them all. Every one of them. I don't know why, but anyway, uh, you, you're, you're feeling about the game against Hassan Hoodle's lads, uh, at the weekend on Friday evening. Uh, Carl, how do you think it's going to go? Do you see any big changes, uh, in the lineup? It's not really his, his, uh, his game plan these days. No, I, I think he, I think he will play for Bino in this one. Uh, he might risk Navi Keita, although he's, he's fallen behind, um, our mate Adam Lallana. Um, who warmed up beautifully in front of us on Sunday. Did he? Yeah, it was a nice to watch. Yeah, yeah. Not, not lovely. His hair, his hair looked amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the good thing is, for, for me, literally an hour before this podcast, I got a ticket, so I'm quite pleased about that. So I'm going to be there on 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 Friday night. That's um, Yeah, which I'm really happy with. Um, I don't know really. I mean, one thing we can't do is take it for granted. Southampton are a fairly awful side, but they have just beaten Tottenham same as we did with, without. Tottenham helping out as it were, um, so yeah, I, I think he's gonna. It's, it's gonna be the straight. I can't see with many changes to be honest. Um, I there don't think he's be, gonna... There's one worry. Is that, did, is you that? See, did you see the picture of Van Dyke's ankle after the game? Yeah, but he, he he trained today, so it's fine. Oh, did he? Oh, that's okay. Yeah, he did. Uh, it was a worry for sure. Um, but I I think unfortunately for uh, old Hassan Hootel, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to face uh, Big Verge. Um, referred to in the Guardian today, um, underneath a lovely picture of him diving full length in today's training to tip one out of the top corner as a goalkeeper. And the comment, or uh, the caption underneath it, clearly by an Evertonian, read Virgin Van Dyke. <laughs> I shit you not. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, how you how's how's your optimism levels ahead of this one? It's it, it'd be easy to kind of uh, make assumptions here that this will be fine, but they are in a little bit of renaissance under the new man, aren't they? They, they won their last game, didn't they, uh, the weekend? So, um, but you know, uh, I'm just waiting for the fume levels when it's the same starting eleven uh, started on Sunday. No, oh, um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, I'll get out of dodge um, if that happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, somebody tweeted a uh, uh, Pep Almighty on a uh, Twitter that oh, I've got a feeling Adam Lallana will start on Sunday. And I said, just chill, man, uh, just chill. You know, it'll be fine. And I was right on that one. So, so. <laughs> you were, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, because our mate Adam, God bless him, uh, he's he's not really ready to start yet, is he? So like, um, there's got to be a fair chance. There's got to be a fair chance for him after the the fact that the club will have to look and say, right, I'm taking you off Milner and I'm taking you off Henderson because neither of the lads had a game worth a damn at the weekend. No, uh, got, there's got to be there's got to be an option there for 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 Adam if he's training like a demon and we know he does. There's got to be an option there. I'd, I'd still rather see Naby. To be fair, I I think there's a. A phenomenal I, player in there. I, I think there's far more chance of seeing Fabinho and Ginny and, and me. Lana. And me. Yeah. <laughs> and Carl's got a ticket, so there's a chance. I am, I am going, so, you know, there's every... Yeah, I mean... Just, just take your boots with you, Carl. Right? Yeah, I can do that, yeah. I've got my Michael Owen on brochure. And, and, and your, sh- your shin pads. Um, don't need them, mate. What kind of a trip is that for you, Carl? How do you get there? Uh, it's about two hours on the train from here. Um, I'm actually, um, I've actually had to turn my phone off because uh, I'm in a WhatsApp group about how we get back. Can I get into Kev's car? That's literally what's been going on during this podcast. But such as the media professional that I am, that I can hold together a podcast at the same time. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Great while, while organising a Jack the Ripper uh, podcast as well. Can I get into Kev's car? Yeah. <laughs> Why is Kev's car the nicest car? Is that the car? Well, I'm getting the train down with my mate so we can have a beer on the way. And, um, but I, I think getting back to Southampton to London is going to be a bit tricky at Friday night after the game. So, uh, or trains don't run at that time, I take it. Well, no trains run anywhere in England, England after 8 p.m. That, that's oh, my understanding yeah. of how British Rail works. So, Jesus. British Rail is, are they so good? Well, I don't know what they call yeah. Southern yeah. trains, isn't it, around there? Doesn't it? I don't know. I, um, oh, very I, popular. The yeah. people love them. 
<laughs> no, Southeast trains are the popular one. That's what yeah. I heard. Southeast trains, yeah, they're they're, they're they're always on time, and they're never. Well, you know, you, you know, uh, you know, your you, your confidence. I don't know. I'm picking up a sense of confidence off you, Cam. Here, your confidence is is um. It might need a little bit of examination. Ryan Bertrand talking about um, playing against Mo Salah reckons, yeah, he's top player, but, quote, I won't change my preparations. I'm just looking forward to seeing his strengths and seeing his weaknesses and trying to nullify some and exploit the others. A comment. But can, can I tell you something about what, what has Ryan Bertrand got that Mo Salah hasn't? What's that? A Champions League medal. Oh, you have to go there. It's mad, isn't it? Ryan Bertrand has played in the Champions League. Oh, yeah, it is. Remembers that. It is a bit mental. Yeah. It is a bit mental. But again, I think he's. Uh, I think that might be slightly misplaced. Uh, I think Mo's in such form that you know it is going to happen that someday somebody very soon is going to get a real pace, and then there's going to be a few goals. Um, I hope. I really hope. Well, anybody's uh, good on Sunday. Sort yeah, of. let's give him that it one. Was, he, had a, he actually played well. He did. He did play well. He did. Yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he, he, he was a lot more livelier. Um, For me, that was fantastic on, on Sunday. I thought, oh, I thought Sadio was a bit quiet. Hour or so. Yeah, yeah. First hour from Mino was phenomenal. Yeah. His pressing was out of this world. Yeah. And I am aware. Always, he didn't hide. He always looking for the ball. I am aware, Cam, that it is getting very close to guys' bedtime. So we need to get going here next week. And I'm putting this in a record. I want to talk about tactical pants. And I want to talk about Queen and I want to talk about several other things that we've put aside. I want to talk about fragile masculinity. I've got a great story about that. Uh, but I'm going to finish off by seeing some people may have seen, um, uh, Eddie's April Fool's gag where he was trying to put it around that, uh, AI we're going to be doing a, uh, AI pro we're going to be doing a pod with, uh, with <laughs> the Hodge. Podcast. And, the Hodgecast, and um, I, I really thought he was going to get a couple of bites, and I was couldn't wait to retweet it because I was sure some some people known to myself were going to have a little, little nibble at that. Um, unfortunately, it didn't, but it did get me thinking because I remember thinking, you know, I actually would not do that show if it was a real thing. You know, if if if, if Eddie ran me up and says, "I've got I've got Roy Hudson here. Um, do you want to interview him?" I would say no, and I actually have a list. Of two, of two people I've already refused to do interview <laughs> interviews with, like the prima donna I am when poor old Ed got them for me. And I made me wonder. Is that, is that, is that cause your rider was incorrect? It, they didn't have the, 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 the red M&Ms in the bowl. No. And then um, basically, no, there are some people I can't, I can't get my head around talking to about Liverpool because I'm too angry with them. Roy Hodgson is one. The other one that I said to Eddie, no, not for me was, was Neil Ruddock. For, for me, the, the embodiment of that awful era where we should have won the league and there was pissing about going on. And the second and the third one for me is probably El Hadji Juve, seeing as he's turned into such a bad fella. In the out, in the, in the, in the interim period, it made me wonder, is there anybody who you would not go with, on a podcast with from LFC or LFC's history? Is there anyone you would not podcast with? I've given you three there. Um, I just wanted you to have to think of that. And that's how we're going to finish on, to, on tonight's show. Carl, you're famously needly. You're going to have at least two or three. I know you I'm, are. I'm, I'm trying to think of the ones I'd do a show with rather than the other way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then, while you're, while you're juggling that, pick the one that you would absolutely be most, uh, reluctant to share a mic or mic uh, 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 airspace with Cam we'll start with you is there anyone from the uh, club's history that you would not like to appear on a show with I couldn't disagree with any of the three you said um, uh, Roy Hodgson's coach uh, assistant what was his name Ray Lewington um, oh yeah yeah guys just said everyone who's not Alisa Sofa that's a great uh, shout I'm all about that yeah Ali would be brilliant or as a mate of mine used to call him, Young Alistair Sissoko. Young Alistair. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Big fan yeah. Of um, but but back, back to the, back to the question. I, I generally can't think of anyone. Um, you're just nice of a lad I, to really hold a grudge, is what you're telling me. No, no. It's not so much. I mean, the three you said are probably the three you, you wouldn't want to go near. So you know, you'd, be quite, you'd, you'd be, you'd be oh. quite happy to, to rock no. up and do a show of Paul Guy's Pinchesky. got it. No. Guy's got it. Uh, oh. 
it wasn't Paul Koncheski's fault that we signed him. That was Hodgson. Yeah. Koncheski was never going to say no. You know, you, you could say the same about uh, maybe Julian Dix. Uh, um, guys just had a great shout, Flanagan. Yeah, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Yeah. But 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 basically, no no answers of your own is what you're telling me. Cam. <laughs> well, I just said I did I did say Julian Dix. I believe that's one of my answers. All right, we'll give you Julian Dix. Thank hey, he's you. just a big cocky. <laughs> that cat's cool. He's just a big cocky lomox. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of bad players in the team around there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Carl, uh, focus your vitriol, my friend, on, on, on one or maybe two. How long have we got? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for three. <laughs> Here we um, go. But, but for alternative reasons. John Aldridge. Um, oh, I can't wait for this. I love uh, John Aldridge. Oh, it's the Kenny thing. I can't do it. I just get angry. Um, John Alarisa. Big, 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 big fan of mine, Big John. Loves my work. Loves my writing. He's told me that. That's um, a belter. I knew that me, was me, me, me and John don't get on. Uh, and I would say for a very, very different reason, Ian Callahan, Because I've been really, really lucky with my, my Liverpool supporting days. I've met most of the really, really big Liverpool players. I've met Kenny. I've met all, you know, all of them. But I was once in a room with Ian Callahan, and I just couldn't go across. He's just too big in my heart. Oh really? So you, okay. Yeah, couldn't so, do yeah. it. Just, could, so you, just couldn't do it. I actually, I feel exactly the same about, about Kenny and a good, a, a, a mutual mate of ours, Johnny Milburn, told me that he he met Kenny and he was grumpy and it was the worst day of his life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, 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 done, I've done both with Kenny, but literally in the same week, I went to some sort of media thing. I was about fifteen, and Kenny cut, shook my hand and called me pal. And then I saw him um, crossing the car park at Anfield. I think I've told the story before. Um, a few days later, and he literally just went. Ugh. All, and I'm chattering away like we're all mates because I think we, I thought me and Kenny had changed now we've met. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 saw, I, saw, I saw you in the week, uh, Kenny, and he literally went, yeah. Because yeah. it was match day and he, was, he had other things on his mind about his walking across the car park with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that meeting your heroes thing. You've got to be careful about that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, but, I just but, remember I saw Roy Evans on a Sunday. Oh, you? Yeah, yeah. And, he, and going back to sizes, he's tiny. Yeah, yes, yeah. Realise how small heart. he was. Lots yeah. of time, lot, so much time for Roy. I have so much time for Roy. Uh, I gotta say, uh, I, I, I know a few, I know a few things about Roy Evans that you can't possibly repeat because um, uh, I, I vaguely know his son. Um, and and uh, we all went out on a Christmas thing once, uh, and I was asking some questions about Roy, and they were just really funny. But they're not for, they're not on air. They're not. They're, they're not nasty at all. But it's just uh, you know, there's not my story to tell. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But on that tantalizing note, we should finish for this episode of the Anfield Index podcast because it is getting to that point where we need to let Guy go off to bed. He's, he's only a young lad. And before we go, uh, it's customary for me to ask the lads if they have any final thoughts or anything they want to mention. So, um, I'll usually go to Carl first. So why not stick with tradition? Well, ordinarily I talk about the charity at this point, but, uh, I'm actually off social media because I'm afraid people are just doing my head in. So, um, uh, I'll actually just talk very briefly about the, my day job, really, which is the British Heart Foundation, because we've changed our, um, uh, slightly changed our, our strategy is not the word, I think, but ordinarily we look at uh, people and, and the impact of cardiovascular disease and, and we fund research into it. But we've also extended that now to people with strokes and vascular dementia. So, um, if that affects you and you're interested in volunteering or fundraising, or doing anything at all. If you're in a certain area, you would end up talking to me anyway, but I don't think you would do. Um, please have a look at the BHF website. We do good work. I uh, heartily recommend that. I heard some statistics about vascular dementia during the week, and it terrified, terrified shit out of me. Oh man, it's so t- it's the the the, the numbers are frightening so uh, anything can be done there Uh, anyone can invest any time there and try to uh, right that particular wrong would be great um i will take it on myself to do the um self-interested on on behalf of the podcast nonsense of reminding you that we spoke last week about setting a setting up an instagram account it is now set up it's it's basically called AI main. there are uh, a number of uh, delightful images up there already of course like with any social media, it's not worth a shite if you don't follow and we don't have any interactions. So the next couple of weeks will be quite telling. If you're listening to us have, and you're on Instagram, go and have a search. Follow it up. Sure, can't do you any harm whatsoever. The second thing is um, 
I say it every week, but you know, we're really, really anxious that this uh, podcast keeps g- growing. We've committed to doing these r- regularly early in the week, plenty of time before matches. So please do tell someone about it. Don't just say, yeah, I will. I must do that. I must do it. Trev's always saying that I must do it. Do it this week. Just tell someone because it makes a difference to us. Uh, and if you can, then. Spread the word a bit, Carl. Uh, Cam, let's. Sorry, sorry, but can you can you not tell John Aldridge? Uh, again, that's another story that's got to come back. <laughs> he bears a grudge. He bears Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I met Aldo on a plane from uh, back from a match one time. Uh, Ryanair flight. He was coming up to some jolly up at Christmas, and he was a a, a lovely gentleman, and uh, asked me to help him with his crossword. Uh, and I pretended not to know who he was until the end, because I'm Jeez, and, your, and your general knowledge is awful as well. Yeah. Ooh. I believe Ooh. I won the quiz. <laughs> quiz champion, Trev Downey. Uh, I'm going to sign Man, off. Man City sponsors. I'm going to sign off everything with quiz champion, Trev Downey, including this show. Cam, your final thoughts. Two quick quotes for you. This world of ours must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. And B, instead, a proud confederation of mutual trust and respect. That was Dwight D. Eisenhower. And secondly, happiness is a choice. You can choose to be happy. There's going to be stress in life, but it's your choice whether you let it affect you or not. And that was Valerie Bertinelli. Big fan of both of those. Big fan of both of those. Didn't see you coming sideways at us with a night quote, but very good. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a very Republican good. presidents, nice. Yeah, but that's that's always a nice way to finish a podcast. Oh, you know. actually, 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 take a beat here. If you have and you if you have not listened to the news round podcast with Harinder and Gags and Amir Malik, please go and listen to it now. It is free. It's on. It's been linked constantly and tweeted constantly by all of us. It's around about the topic of racism, and it's about as essential as AI podcasts get. Give it a listen, start a discussion, um, and maybe examine a few ways that uh, even perhaps you think about things yourself because it's something that needs to change, and it needs to change rapidly, and it won't unless we get some momentum behind it and things start happening. There are great things afoot. It's traumatic as all hell. It's ugly. But the thing needs to be talked about. Uh, the topic needs to be talked about. So if you haven't, go and listen to that podcast immediately after this one. Uh, you will not regret. And on that note, we'll finish up for this episode of the Anfield Index podcast with me thanking you for your support. And again, asking you to mention us to a friend and recommend us in whatever form you can. I've been quiz champion Trev Downey. And until we speak to you again, <laughs> be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.